Oh, and welcome to the Overdook Dev Show. I'm Chris. I'm Creston. And I'm Drew. And tonight we're going to talk about getting stuff done. Uh, Drew's going to take us through uh, kind of how do you motivate yourself? How do you, you know, how, how do you keep things going when it's, um, you know, fingers on keyboard and you just burn out from it and, and don't want to do that next thing on your list? Uh, so we're going to talk about some things there. Uh, but before we get going, we can review. Kristen, how was your week? Plates be a spinning. I keep spinning. <laughs> Juggling all sorts of different stuff, multiple different clients, work on my own product, you know, different database consulting, Rails consulting. Um, I don't have, I mean, I guess a when is that someone emailed me a couple of days ago and says, I can't figure out why Postgres is doing this. And like basically a query was taking 40 seconds long, but another query was taking like 250 milliseconds so vastly different when actually when you chose one value as opposed to two values long story short it was doing an n in some value so what when they were only selecting one value it was real uh postgres was converting it to an equals whereas when you had multiple values if you look at the explain plan, it was doing an any. So it was considering it an array. And for whatever reason, considering it array, it used a more optimized plan. Like pretty optimized compared to 40 <laughs> seconds to, to 250 milliseconds. But really, what kind of... They were trying to do some typecasting of different types. I'm not quite sure why. I haven't understood that yet. So... Really, the plan was about twice as complicated as it needed to be. So, and that's probably why the big performance difference, just going from an equals to an any, shouldn't cause that big a problem. But I actually rewrote the query and said, I would probably rewrite it this way to avoid some of this typecasting because then you can actually start using indexes. And then that version, compared to 250 milliseconds, was now... What was it? Uh, less than a millisecond. Oh, wow. Wow. So, so I'm like, Jeez. I think that's a pretty good win. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. you know, it, they were using the view and some other things, and I was just using a slightly different technique. And I said, you could still use the view, just be careful of type conversions, like oh. casting to a different type, because then suddenly you can no longer use indexes that are there. So that's just something in general to keep in mind. Uh, apart from that, again, yeah, just doing a bunch of consulting, helping people out, moving forward, get, getting stuff done. <laughs> what about you? So I got uh, having some good success with this R-Swag channel. I did a, a POC on it yesterday, did the dog and pony with it, with the, the muckety mucks, and uh, it had... Um, Really what is our swag? I can't remember. It's the it's a gem that puts um, swagger, automated swagger documentation generation into our spec. Oh right, right, right. okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so it seems to be working really well. Um, I'm happy that we we can get. Uh, hey, Colin, what's going on, man? 
Howdy. We can get uh, our swag docs being generated automatically with our test runs and automatically deployed. That's going to make a big difference, and it, that gem seems to be working really well. So if you want to automate your um, API documentation into your tests and have your documentation actually tested, our swag seems like a pretty good gem to use for that purpose. Now, um, does it generate the documentation based upon a separate command you run, or is it the actual running of the tests, or does it read the tests, does it read the code? How does it actually generate the There's There's a DSL for it, um, a little bit of an extended DSL that you put into RSpec, but it has actual tests in it, so it'll make, it's like request specs, so it'll make the actual request calls and get the results back and make those the examples. Um, I have a robot voice coming through on the stream. Uh -oh. oh no. Don't sound fine to me. Yeah, sound fine to me. Um, okay. Well, we'll keep going and see if it clears up. Maybe it's just a, uh, a network thing. Um, well, you know, that's my deep, sexy voice call. What do you, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I, can't, I can't help how I am. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, Everyone else sounds fine. It's just me. Um, oh, just you. You're the lucky one. Yeah. Is it listenable, or do I need to go do some work? Um. Anyway, I don't know what I was saying. Oh, our swag. So, yeah, it 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 has a um rake task that you run that actually will run the tests that are marked as our swag and generate the docs from that. But the tests and the docs all run together, and it uses the, the request-response items from the actual tests to generate examples and headers and, and all that stuff. So, okay. um, so you can make sure your, your examples actually match what people will get when they call that endpoint. So it basically ties into the tests. Yep. And, the, and you specify, hey, I want this to be our swagged, I guess, or whatever. And when you run it, run your tests, it then generates the docs. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So it's not much more than setting up a request spec. There's a, there's a little bit of extra stuff where you put some defined parameters, defined descriptions, that kind of thing. But um, it puts out just basic standard OpenAPI 3.0 or swag or swagger docs, either as a JSON or a YAML, and you can just throw it wherever you gotta throw it so how about you Drew? i have been beaten this rails 5.2 upgrade into submission for a while and i finally got everything done locally and i went to deploy it to one of our testing servers and webpacker exploded so i have been oh, no. trying to figure that out i can i it works fine uh locally i can ssh into the server Works on my machine <laughs> yeah it really does uh yeah it's um so that's been fun uh, so i had to give a presentation on some stuff at our uh engineering meeting so i was putting together slides for that and yeah it's been a good week i'm looking forward to it being friday though and long weekend yeah. so when you have when you have something like that do you like in your organization, does that mean you just got to buckle up and figure out what it is? Or do you have other people that can join in to help 
diagnose, figure out what's wrong. Yeah, there's a few other people that could help because um, there's other people that are pretty familiar with how our Webpacker is configured, um, with how um, our deployments go, and might be able to pick apart some things. So early next week, I'll kind of rope in the other. I've pretty much exhausted all of my avenues of debugging, so I'll start roping people in next week. Um, and hopefully someone smarter than me will go, oh, it's this thing, and it'll be an easy fix. But for now, it's a blocker, so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I think I figured out what's going on with my voice, um, I think. So does that sound better, chat? Um, I upgraded OBS a couple days ago, and uh, things How just went all you. kinds of squirrely. So... Um, I, I think it turned some filters back onto my mic that shouldn't, shouldn't have been on. Um, yeah, I, I have the YouTube stream up and you sound better. Oh, good. Yeah. It, At least it had for a, the YouTube stream. Uh, yeah. It, it had a, a I had been playing around with a pitch shifter like months and months and months ago. Right. And I had turned that filter off in OBS but when I updated OBS, apparently it turned that back on. Um, so, you know, I got my sexy voice back, but really that's not the best for streaming. Anyway, uh, so I guess that's a good segue into getting stuff done. I mean, part of getting <laughs> stuff done is dealing with crap that goes backwards sometimes. Yeah. Hey, Sudo. Um, so what what kind of things do you do? like? When you talk to people, if, if juniors or, or people who are learning or in school and stuff and they say, um, hey, I, I, I want to get better at getting stuff done. Right. Like the first thing everybody says is make a to do list, you know, so but but I, I think there's more to getting stuff done than that, because I can have a to do list. That doesn't mean I'm motivated to do anything with that to do <laughs> list. Right. 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 So in the context specifically of like development and programming. Mm. How do you get yourself motivated to do the non-hobby programming? Because, you know, hobby programming, that's fun. I want to do that, right? right I want right, to right. hack on my Dragon Ruby game stuff. Yeah. But the work stuff, you know, how do you go? I mean, I'm going to say something controversial here. It depends. <gasps> uh, yeah, Shocking, right? Because, <laughs> um, I mean, motivation, at least, and this caveat to everything i'm about to say this is what has worked for me and i am just there's a lot going on up here i'm 80 hd to the nth degree and have had experiences that are somewhat fairly unique and so like if i say something and you're like i've tried that that doesn't work for me like oh sorry but like this is what works for me mm -hmm. i sometimes i just have to trick myself right like and I actually have to change up. This is the thing that has made the biggest impact for me is like changing my approach to tricking myself into being motivated. So sometimes it's like gamifying stuff, like giving myself little achievements or like finding those, those to-do lists or those um, trackers that will give you like little power-ups or there's ones that make it like an, a role-playing game or just something like that. Like I have to, Feel like it's a game other times it's like making a story out of it like with the hero journal type of stuff or um just setting 
up something in Slack where I have announced to the team, I am going to do X by this day. And I'm like, well, I don't want to let the team down. I don't want people waiting on my stuff. So here we go. This is what I'm doing. And it, and it, it, it comes and goes as far as what I need to, to be motivated, what I need to get stuff done. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that's one important aspect that I, I universally see as helping. Well, not universally. 90% of the time for people that I talk to is accountability to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. if it bothers me, if I don't get something done and that causes a coworker to not be able to do what they need to do because they're waiting on me and hanging on me to get my shit done. Right. Right. Yep. So yeah, my friend Meg has, um, in, she does a lot of helping with folks who are just getting in or juniors, um, and she calls it, I'm probably going to screw it up, but she said like, getting an accountability buddy where it's like just <laughs> someone it. to hold, hold you accountable to things and like yeah. help you set up like your goals and, and your to, to do list. And then you're just having check-ins and you're just saying, Oh, what, you know, did you get this thing done? Oh, you didn't. What's blocking you? Like, let's talk through it and things like that, that, that it's amazing how simple that sounds, but how much it helps just having that's why agile works with those daily standups, right? Like when you're doing that constant check-in, you're kind of always iterating. You have to stand up and say, I didn't get the thing done. And either it's because there's a blocker and cool, let's work through it. Let's get you unblocked. Or you just like, you didn't meet your end of the bargain and that never feels good. So you can, you turn that into motivation. Yeah. Um, and Sudo says for me, motivation helps when I focus someone that I'm part of a bigger picture, a cog in a big machine. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the accountability part is that, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm accountable to my team, my, my team workers to do what I need to do so they can do what they need to do. And if I fall yeah. down, we all fall down. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, as you were talking about that, that, that's totally the case. And like, I haven't had a boss in, oh my gosh, over 10 years, but my bosses are my customers, my clients, right. basically. So like when I was first starting my app, the number one motivating thing is when I finally had a customer to actually serve. Like the motivation was much lower when I had quote unquote, all the time in the world to build the app as I want. So if you're thinking about doing that, most important thing to do is get a customer ASAP because that gives you that accountability buddy or, you know, however you want to yeah. phrase it to, you know, say, okay, we're working to help this person. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Seb. Welcome. Um, hey, Seb. So I, I, and I think you bring up a good point too. There's, there's a difference between what I need to do to motivate myself when I'm in a team production environment and what I need to do when I, when I have to motivate myself when I'm working on a solo project, like, like, you know, Hey, I'm working on my OSS thing that a thousand people use and I'm the only one maintaining it. That's a much different motivation set than, <laughs> Hey, I'm getting this fat paycheck because I'm working on this team of programmers. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, and there's there's something to be said too for 
um, like you, you mentioned earlier, it's pretty easy to motivate yourself when you're just hacking on like your game thing, right? When there's no mm-hmm. one like Lumi, you're just like, I'm just going to get this thing done versus I've got this project that a ton of people use and they're relying on like, sometimes I feel like, at least for me, that it's easier to do those hobby hacky projects mm-hmm. because like you set yourself a goal of doing this thing, right? This one, I'm just going to get sprites to show up on my game screen and then I'll feel really accomplished. Boy, conversely, <laughs> when you have that big, <laughs> right? And then, but conversely, you have this big project and maybe you have like a hundred issues where you know there's so many people using it and they're waiting for this thing. And suddenly like there's a shit ton of pressure there. Mm-hmm. And you might start getting a little bit of an executive dysfunction of like, I have too much to do. Like right. that's the, that is the number one pitfall I think of to-do lists is if you just start making a giant to-do list of all of these things, you look at it, you're just, I have so much shit to do. I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to do. I'm going to go play video games. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, like, so I, one of the, hmm. one of my, yeah, <laughs> a strategy that I thought I'd come up with, I was feeling sort of proud of myself. I'm, I'm constantly trying to think of, um, ways to hack my brain right once i figure out another new thing about way my my brain works is like ah okay how can i use that to my advantage how can i turn this deficit of my brain into an advantage and i thought by only giving myself three things in a day that i have to do right Mm -hmm. to feel accomplished to say i have done a good job today i need to do these three things and that's what i set myself in the morning and i was talking to joe mazzalotti and he's like, yeah, I, I only give myself three things. And once I get those three things done, I'm done for the day. And and he's like, I'm getting more done because of it. I was like, all right, it wasn't just me. I'm on to something like this works. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why, but it works. So right. sometimes the trick is just give yourself less stuff to do. That's right? for sure. Like, it sounds crazy, but if you can just stay, like if you're getting, if you have a hundred things on your to-do list, and that feels overwhelming and you're not getting anything done because there's too many things. But if you can every day get three things done, you're going to burn through that hundred items pretty quick. Yeah. And I do, you know, to that point, and then, you know, Seb has a question too that we'll address, but to that point, I do think that it's a good idea for most people. And this is I'll caveat this with different people think differently and their brains work Absolutely. differently. So, you know, your mileage may vary, but almost universally what I see is when people can write things down on a to-do list, no matter how big the list is, it's good for getting that out of your brain. So your brain doesn't have to hold on to it anymore. Then you can look and don't put that to-do list hanging in front of you. Right. Um, just pick your three things from that to-do list for the day, throw them on your hangy in front of your do list. Do boy, that was easy. Um, to-do list. And then, you know, get your master to-do list out of the way unless you need to add something to it. But what I found is writing those things down, just scribbling them down, even if I never go back to it, right, gets it out of my head so that I can concentrate on, instead of thinking about all the things, I think about the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another trick, this is my favorite trick, and it's, it's a little hacky. Don't tell anyone I do this, but sometimes... I will put something on my to-do list that I've already done <laughs> just, just to get the dopamine kick mm-hmm. of checking off 
a thing on my to-do list. Like it sounds silly, but it is, it motivates me. Where you check that box and you're like, I'm, I'm a third of the way there. I'm rocking. I'm crushing it today. Right. It, it sounds silly, but it works. And that's all that matters, right? Is once you find something that works, use it until it's no longer working and then find another thing that works. Right. And that I, I think so Seb asked this question and I think this this will help address that. Do you struggle with task projects after re rushing for 95%? This is an issue for me actually closing stuff. This always is hard to get motivation that final push. Yes, pulling stuff across the finish line for some reason for most people that I talk to is like yeah, I'm almost there, but I'm I'm over it. <laughs> so yeah. let's you know, and I have that problem because I get bored with things. I love to start new stuff and get into new things, but then I get bored really easily. And I'm like, okay, I've explored as much of that as I want to explore. Let me play with something else. But yeah. you have to pull things across the finish line or you're never going right. to accomplish anything. And I think what you were talking about, that dopamine hit, one of the tricks that I use is that instead of saying, hey, I need to, my task is to upgrade to Rails 7, right? I'll say I'll take that task and make that like an epic and break it down into things that I can do in half an hour. Yeah. Upgrade this gym. Because then I get the constant dopamine hits throughout the yeah. day of check, check, check. And that leads me across the finish line much easier. And that's exactly yeah. what Sudo said in the chat just now. Yeah. There yep. you go. Yeah. Yeah. If you get, if it, and that's like when you first start off on something and you're like blank canvas, everything feels like this huge accomplishment, right? Like yep. getting a sprite to render in your game is like this huge thing. But then as you get closer to the end, you're, you're doing those little things, you're tweaking things now. And you sort of lose that velocity. So mm -hmm. going back to tricking, you just got to trick yourself into feeling really like make a big deal out of little things. If it's three things on your to-do list and you make a big deal out of those three things, then if your one thing is like fix error handling for this random edge case, like then you get to check the box mm -hmm. and you're going to get things done then. Right. And I think something I'm, I'm a pattern I'm starting to notice as I talk to more and more developers is that ADHD seems to be a much higher percentage of developers, I think, than general populace, it seems. Um, maybe it's just the personality type that draws to programming or, or whatever, but, um, and I don't have ADHD, so I'm not going to claim to fully understand it, but my sense is from talking to people is that breaking things down into really small chunks like that actually helps with the ADHD because you don't have to focus as long on one thing. Yeah. Yeah, and and to be fair, I do have ADHD, and I don't completely understand it. I'm learning something <laughs> new about. I just recorded a podcast episode that'll be coming out in in March with Andrew Mason, who is another uh, arguably prolific ADHD developer in the community. And we just we were talking about all different ways that we hack our ADHD or use have to tweak things, and and he he linked me some stuff that I didn't know. I learned a whole bunch of new stuff about my own ADHD, the stuff that I deal with every day. I just had no idea. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of cool. I get to learn something <laughs> new every day, but at the same time, sometimes it's depressing. Like, oh, it turns out that I have another hormone in my brain or chemical in my brain that isn't at the right levels. Great. Another thing to tackle. Yeah. 
and but I think you know I think it's a good idea if if you want to get more productive at things and actually get stuff done right you need to understand how you think because you 100%. don't think like anybody else thinks and the more right. you do understanding about how your brain works and how you think as an individual the better you can craft systems to help you be more productive because yeah. what works for you isn't going to work as well for me and vice versa right because yeah. our brains are different and not because you have adhd but because you're a, a different person than me <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah. you know but i mean and that and that and one of the biggest things i know um, Andrew talks about it a lot and I have, I wholeheartedly agree is like, if you're on a team, the best thing you can do and you have ADHD, especially, but if you just know anything weird about the way you not weird as in bad, but just like different than the way you think is to be open and honest with your team about the way you work. Like it's huge for me and ADHD to just say like, Hey, I have days where like I can get three days worth of work done in eight hours. And then I'll have two days where I can't get anything done. And the moment my team understands that they just, they know it's going to get done. It's just not going to be every day. They're going to see three PRs from me. Right. Like they don't, they don't expect the velocity to be consistent every day. And I have benefited from that because the, I no longer pressure myself into having the velocity. Mm -hmm. the same velocity every day because every day is different for me. Yeah. Like there are days I wake up if I didn't sleep good the night before. And I think this isn't necessarily an ADHD thing, but like if I didn't sleep good, I am not nearly as productive as if I got a good night's sleep. And I don't, if it's six in the morning, there's nothing I can do about it. Right. I just tell my team at standup, Hey, I didn't get great sleep last night. So maybe I pick the tasks that are, uh, I don't want to say easy because um, more simple. Yeah. Pick simple tasks like updating our documentation or getting our test suite, shaving a couple of minutes off our test suite. Like those are impactful things. There's still huge benefits for the team. It's just not normally what I do, but I don't have the mental capacity to tackle the project I'm on right now. That's right. fine. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it's important if you're on a team to want to find out about your teammates and how they work, because then yeah. you can s figure out how to synergize with them better so that you're yeah. more productive on the team as well. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a drill sergeant, um, back way back. Holy God. Sometimes I forget how long ago this was, but, and, and he said like, one of the best things you can do is be, have your, make sure your teammates know they can count on you. Mm -hmm. Like the moment that you make sure your team knows that they can count on you. Like you hit this next level of being able to work together. So you should be able to rely on your team and they should be able to rely on you. Right. And that can be a huge motivator. It's like, I want to be the person people can rely on. Right. And it's also a motivate motivating factor for other people because when they see people like that, taking kind of that leadership role, um, you know, not necessarily in title, but in behavior, yeah, they start wanting to be better, right? Because yeah. they want to they want to measure up to that, right? It's not like, yeah. hey, you need to do better. It's I'm going to show you how I do my best work. Come with me, yeah. right? Hundred percent. 
And um, one, one of the things, one of the best things I found for kind of understanding myself, the best things I ever did for understanding how I think and, and how I approach problems that helped me be better at that was to take the, um, the strengths finder, the Gallup Clifton strengths finder test. Uh, what it does is it kind of informs you. It's, it's like one of those, uh, personality tests, right? Hmm. Um, but it, it kind of informs you about, uh, your, your top ways of thinking about things. And there's like 20, 25 categories of, of thinking, and what I, I just took the top five one and it's only like, I think 20 bucks or something to do that and to read about it. But you get to look through, you know, there's a book and you can look through all the different ways of thinking. And it tells you, one of the things it tells you is here's how, here's why we think you think like this. And it gives you examples and they were, it, it was scary how accurate they were. Um, but here's what the kind of things you think about and how you approach problems and if somebody else has this strength, here's how you can interact with them mm. to synergize better, right? Right. And so, especially for teams, if a whole team takes this stuff and starts talking about what their strengths are, then you start understanding, okay, well, he has a good fit in this position and she has a good fit in this position. And yeah. this is how we can communicate better with each other because now we understand. And now we're yeah. all more productive. Right. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't done that test, the, the strengths finder, Gallup strengths finder, I would highly recommend doing that just to find out about yourself. It's, it's really, really good. Um, uh, Sudo says, and measure your performance. You can't improve what you don't measure. See where yep. you're actually lacking. Are you struggling with starting or is it the latter half of the problem? Yes. And sometimes those things aren't, you can't do like empirical tests to measure things. Some of it is about, yeah measuring how you think and how you react to problems too. your personality measurements yeah. are important as well. But yeah, yeah, I mean, if, if you've got, you know, like we do sprints at work and one of the things that we work on with, with people, with the team is, are we, are we getting our velocities right? And are we planning on Mondays? We're saying, I'm going to do this much in the sprint. These are the tickets I'm assigning. Am I accomplishing that? Yes or no. How far am I off? What do I need to do to adjust so that when I tell people on Monday, I'm going to get this stuff done, I actually can get this stuff done yeah. so that, you know, the team leaders can actually plan what's going to happen. Right. Right. You got to be honest about your capacity. You have yep. to know when I say I'm going to be able to get something done, I'm not burning myself out to do it so that I'm useless the next week. You can't, you can't, um, what there's a saying and I, I'm going to screw it up. So I'm just going to just summarize it. But like, if you are at, if you are at peak performance all of the time, then you're just going to burn out. You cannot be doing your best work all of the time because then it's not your best work. It's just your normal. Right. And so like, you can only do your best work for, for short capacities, right? You can't, a marathoner cannot sprint for the entire marathon. They have to find a pace they can sustain. Oh. Yeah. And it's, yeah, because that'd be like running your car at, you know, 5,000 RPM for seven days straight without a break. Right. Your car, your yeah. engine's going to explode. Yeah. It's I don't care how good your oil is. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, 
It's just not going <laughs> yeah. to not going to work. Um but so it's important to understand, I think, how all these things, you know, to-do lists to unload your brain so that it can concentrate. Um, <laughs> Red Bull and coffee, right? Yeah, there's another thing. Well, I, I kind of left that behind in college, but, you know, all-nighter. Well, I still do the coffee. Mm. We went on keto, and my wife was like, oh, you can't put sugar in your coffee. You're going to have to stop coffee because the sugar in the cream just isn't keto. And I'm like, well, screw keto then because <laughs> there ain't no way. <laughs> I mean, I, I drink my coffee black like a real psychopath, so I'm, yeah, I'm well, good. Don't I need mean, to. <laughs> <laughs> mm, no, I got to have my blonde coffee in the morning. Um, there you go. But, uh, you know, the to-do list to un kind of unburden your, your brain the understanding of how you think so you know what systems are going to work for you uh -huh. the the effort and the the detail to understand your teammates and how they think so that you can know how to synergize better with them um and measuring things so that okay we're falling short here so let's concentrate on making this better you know th this is the yeah. area that needs work uh what yeah, and I was just going to say, like, this isn't stuff you just figure out overnight or no. like where you're not going to leave this recording or podcast and go to your team and say, OK, we're going to figure this out. Like no one's leaving this Zoom call until we've figured it out. It's like it's incremental improvements. And just like the way we build software, like we iterate over it, you have to, you know, if you do take this the strength test or you do find out something about yourself by you know, whether it be going to therapy or talking to someone like in a year, six months, even like reassess, mm -hmm. you change, you grow, you learn, like you have to iterate on the ways that you work and ref and iterate via reflection. Otherwise you're going to get your things aren't as you're not going to, you're going to lose some of it. You're going to not the things that you found that work really well now are not going to work as well in the future. And then you need to iterate and reflect and say, okay, do they not work as well? Because I was using, I was tricking myself and now I've like learned my own shit. <laughs> I've right. like, I've sawn through the bullshit. Like my brain right. knows now and I just have to trick myself again. Or like, is it not working? Cause I'm like, I'm not doing something. So, you know, there's a reflection piece that comes with all of this and it's very important. Yeah, and I, I think an important part of that too is to be purposeful about that stuff. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't just yeah, I'll be more productive. Sure, I'll be more you you have to be very purposeful and very specific about I'm gonna be more productive by doing this and I'm going to produce this. Right. Yeah, I mean you yeah. have to spell it out because you can't measure sure I'll be more productive. Yeah. That's well, how, how do you, how do you check off the upgrade to rails seven to do list item? Like right. You don't check that item off. You say, okay, I want to update to rails seven. Here's how I break that down and actually do it. And then you check off those little tasks. It's the same way as like, how do I continue to get stuff done? Okay. This is how these are the ways that I, I approach that problem. Right. And it's important, you know, cause there's, there's all these programs and, and things on the, you can find on the internet. This is how you get things done. And this that's is a all, way to get yeah, things right. done. That's, 
and that's that's the thing you have to understand how you think to figure out because i guarantee you not one of those things just just like programming methodologies not one of those things is a silver bullet you need right. to understand a lot about a lot of them and then pick the things that work best for your personality your work habits your brain chemistry all the things that make you you um yeah. you know and and I think that's important, but, you know, do go out and learn about those different methodologies so that you can understand and get ideas about, oh, this part A from this one and part B from this one will work well for me. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And experiment like just, you know, I I think I was in the same conversation I was having with Andrew. uh, You know, we we talked about we compared our brains to like software or even gems that you pull into your tools. Like you can only get the best from that tool. If you understand the way that that tool works, if you just pull it in and you're just like, Oh yeah, I've got this thing. Now it's here. Like you can't hack your brain unless you understand how your brain works. So in order to start making a change, you have to understand what's going on now, just Mm -hmm. like we do with our software. Like you can't just, open up a file and start typing and assume it's going to work. You have to understand how the things underneath work. Yeah, for sure. So um, you and I are both working professionally in a more team environment. Um, mm-hmm. But Creston, what kind of things, cause you, you, I mean, you have a company and you have a team, but your day to day work is, is more solo ish solitary yeah than ours so absolutely what kind of things do you do to to motivate i mean you mentioned that you you're you feel responsible to your customers but even then something's got to light a fire under your butt every morning i mean that's pretty much it i mean you know it's running your own business it's kind of do or die so that's kind of like the motivation (laughs) if you don't make the money you know you're not going to have a paycheck coming in so you got to serve customers, you know, to keep the paychecks coming in. So that's been motivation enough for me. Um, but a lot of it is what, but certain things can slip a day, slip two days. But the promises that I make to the customers, that's the motivation for me to do it. Like I say, oh, we need it by here. I said, okay. By this date, I said, okay, well, I can have it done a little bit in advance of that. So I have plenty of deadlines coming in from, you know, multiple clients and then people who are, and this this is not just consulting, but even my app, they're looking for a new feature because they have this new project that's going to be starting. So they would ideally like to have this new feature in place by then. So really, that's just the motivation that I need to get this this stuff done. That's pretty much what it is. And yes, I could slip a day or two here or there, but I try to focus and and just do it. And like, you know, I laugh. I was laughing a little bit when you were talking about different people learning different ways and looking at different um, methods for, you know, getting things done. I think there's a book called Getting Things Done. Yeah. And I actually listened to the audio book and my brain was just like, it was just such a scientific way of, I was like, 
whatever. I'd never even finished it. It's rare I don't finish a book. I didn't even finish that thing. So getting things done, I didn't even read the book, getting things done. <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh, the irony. <laughs> uh, off to a great start. But, you know, basically what I do is I, I focus exactly the same things you're saying. Focus on a few things. I have that accountability. I to break things down and say, all right, I need to get, you know, this number one thing done. You know, here's my things, one, two, and three. And sometimes I'm just working on that number one all day just because that's what it needs. Um. You know, I just start some music and I just go. Now, one thing we haven't talked about that is, I find also highly important is minim is minimizing distractions. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge thing for me. Now, you may think, yes, I'm solitary. I should have very few distractions, but I know <laughs> there's two types of, of distractions. One, your own <clears throat> you seeking something, you becoming distracted, like, oh, looking at social media, oh, looking at this, or somebody, you know, but an email coming, but there's also <laughs> external distractions, like an email coming in, in my case, like, oh, I got this thing I got to deal with, or your boss comes in and wants to have a discussion, or another team member needs some help with something. So I think that's another huge area that can Whereas it is important to address those for your business or whatever you're working on, it also hits your productivity. So, yeah. like one well, thing, I, I'll just throw this out there. One thing I do is that I've specifically engineered my email so I don't have to look at it. I actually set up a separate email account that triggers audio notification, excuse me sound notifications on my phone. So I program these specific clients that I'm working and want to know if something comes in to forward to that separate address that I get an audio audio, yes, <laughs> English. audio notification <laughs> on my phone. So all the other emails can come in. I ignore it. I'm focused. I'm working on my stuff. But if the thing goes, I'm like, okay, what, you know, I check out to see what's going on. So that's one thing I do to kind of address distractions as much, but that's, I know that's another area. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, that's an important thing that we haven't touched on yet, but that's, that's a big deal because in today's connected world, like my bloody phone is pinging every 35 seconds you know, between from all the different I things that I've got. I all that crap off except for that one email address. <laughs> right. Well, the the big problem is because I, I have to be on call at certain times. And so I have to yeah. get pings, you know. Sure. But and then I forget during the day to turn that crap off. And, and then I'm like, I don't want to go set all that shit in slack so it just pings and I'll just turn my phone down. Well, now I can't hear if my parents call me with something and but you know even if i do all this work to do that it it's it's something you have to pay attention to because we're so interconnected with everything now you know when i started work that wasn't a problem right i started before before the first smartphone was out flip phones well, didn't more, ping there were more <laughs> human problems like when you're in an office like oh it's cake time or oh it's you know water cooler hey and that turns into a 15 minute conversation you know so it always existed it's just 
different yeah, now. Different. Yeah. Um, but that's that reflection piece of identifying those and starting to see like, oh, you know, if I leave all of my notifications on, like if I have Discord open all the time and that little dot pops up, I know my brain cannot see that dot and not open it up. So I keep Discord closed when I'm trying to focus. But if I didn't like actually reflect and say, well, why is it such a distraction? Oh, it's because of that damn dot. I got to just keep the app closed. It's not enough to mute it for me. Right. You got to reflect on what actually causes a distraction for you and then essentially plan appropriately, which is a whole nother topic planning. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. We may have to get <laughs> you back on for three or four shows of that. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, like one of the tricks I use for, for decreasing distractions because I work at home so, and you know, I got three kids and we dog sit and there's just lots <laughs> of shit going on. So I will put my headphone. I got, I invested in good headphones that, yep. Um, I can get a YouTube playlist, an eight hour playlist of classical music because there's no words to pay attention to. There's no, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it, it doesn't get my blood pumping, like listening to metal or something. Right. I don't want to sit there and head bang at the desk. I can just, it, it's, it's like white noise or something that, mm-hmm. that can just distract and cover up all the extra stuff and let your brain just kind of mellow out and focus on what you're doing. Um, yeah, I take it. I take it to a the the nerdiest level or geekiest level I can find. I when I'm doing that, I put on my headphones and I put on the Star Trek Next Generation Enterprise engine noise and just sits in the background. There you go. It's white noise, like oh, this is nerdy. Uh, but the, it it is amazing how much that helps. Just getting rid of every little noise and it's just this for that long. Mm-hmm. That is yeah, a, I'm just working in the engine room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like card that yeah. one time. Hey, did you hear that? I think we've. <laughs> I can just tell the engine noise. Did we just drop warp? Um, but yeah, that you know, it, it's important to understand how you work because one of my daughters, I suggested that to her about the classical music, and she was like, "I tried that, and it just my brain could not focus with that stuff right. on." So, you know, her brain doesn't work like that and yep. she's genetically linked to me. So, you know, different people work differently. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you have to understand how your brain works and it's a long process. Like I've been mm-hmm. trying to be productive professionally for almost three decades and I'm still tweaking things. Yeah. And it right. hasn't worked yet. <laughs> it hadn't worked yet. <laughs> well, I, and, and here, this is something that I think, people don't realize too, like you can go to therapy for, for that. Like you can go and be like, I want to understand how my brain works better. You don't have to have official diagnosis of some mental anything to go to therapy. Like a therapy is just a someone, an objective third party who is not intimately involved in your life every day, sitting there and just helping you work through things and helping mm-hmm. you by asking you questions and making you prod into the dark corners that you might avoid. And you learn a ton. It doesn't have to be like, I have depression. I need to go to therapy. Like, you can just be like, Hey, I don't feel as productive at work. I'm going to, you know, hit up a therapist and only go once a month or twice a month. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be uh, an every week occurrence either. Like that stuff can help. 
because um, it can help you identify the other areas that um, need the attention. Yeah. You don't have to be broken to want to understand yourself yeah. better because yeah. we're all broken anyway. I mean, so what is what is not broken? <laughs> right. That's why like, I like I I love to refer to myself as weird because to me, weird isn't there's no negative connotations in my brain. If something's weird, I like it more yep. like but I do understand, like, that's why earlier when I was like, you know, you're, you're weird or something like, I don't want anyone to hear me say weird and be like, oh, you think I'm weird? Like, that's a bad thing. <laughs> like, you know, there's no, this whole concept of normal. It's like, what? Nine to five isn't even normal. Like, your body hates your nine to five job. Get out of here. There's no normal. Normal yeah. is a social construct we made up. Let's get philosophical here. Uh, I can tell you, if anybody saw the room I was sitting in right now, they'd feel way normal <laughs> compared to me. So, you know, it's a, it's a thing. Um, I, I mean, I got, oh God, you'd have to see it, but it's, it's almost inexplainable, inexplicable. Yeah. English. That's my first language anyway. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but one of the things I'm, I'm, um, oh God, you yeah. Oh geez, <laughs> I just read chat. <laughs> Ignore hate, chat for I a hate moment. People like this. <laughs> oh jeez. No, we're not glad you're here, Juan <laughs> loser. Um. Oh, God. What a. Oh man. Uh, people like that suck. Um. Anyway. Um. One of the things that I'm I'm as we're talking about this that I'm starting to hear, is that being productive has less to do with understanding the processes and more to do with understanding yourself better. Yep. And I'm starting to think that digging into understanding how you think will go much further towards making you productive than digging into all the methodologies for productivity. Mm. Yeah, I think there's overarching, I think the overarching strategies are common, but the techniques or tactics vary on the person. Like, for example, we were talking about, you know, focus on a few things, maybe one thing, three things, um, break things down, minimize distractions, you know, all these things are general strategies, but then how do you do each of those things is very individualized. Yeah, because you are an individual. Yep. What a concept, right? That's that's yeah. why I started the whole thing off with like, it depends. Like what right. works for me will not work for you. Not because like I have ADHD and you don't, but we're just like, you hit the nail on the head earlier. Like we're just different people. Mm -hmm. We might be able to share the knowledge and say like, hey, this thing worked for me and I'm going to go try it because I, mm -hmm. you know, and if it doesn't work for me, that's, fine but maybe some part of it did and i can tweak or expand a right. part that part and i can take that and eventually create my own frankenstein's monster of my rules for productivity from everyone else's that i've experienced like there's nothing wrong with um saying hey this didn't work for me yeah yeah absolutely and, and i think that's the thing is if you understand how you think you understand yourself well enough to know that you can take a productivity 
um, technique and say, all right, I, I, I need to strip this bit away and this bit away, but this bit is good. And then I can add this thing and that's going to work great for my way of thinking. Yeah. Um, Seb says, I feel like mastering productivity techniques is only for YouTube gurus who earn by talking about them. That that's probably well, a thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that that is part of understanding the task at hand, right? If you're, yeah. if the way you make money is by getting people to watch your YouTube channel, then the mastering your productivity tips so that you can regurgitate them and get more clicks than, Hey, you're doing a good job. I guess that's your job. Yep. That's, <laughs> you know, I guess he's being productive if, if they're doing that. I but, mean, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's true. I mean, the, there is something to be said about productivity methodologies. You, you, you need to create some kind of methodology for yourself to be more productive. Um, yeah. cause your brain just isn't going to holding on to that stuff in your brain is going to melt it. Right. So you got to have some kind of methodology, but this person's methodology is not a hundred percent going to work for me. Right. But it, it may have a lot of good ideas that I can adapt. Right. Yeah. And yeah. this person's methodology may have part B of what's going to work for me. Yeah. Right. But in order to, to, to kind of craft that, I have to understand how I think. And that's Absolutely. not how anybody else thinks. Right. Right. So, um, man, yeah, we're at an hour already. Dang. Jeez. Gummit. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> These so fun talking about this kind of stuff. I, I just, yeah, I love I love doing this show. It's so fun having people on here to talk with. Oh yeah. Um, but I, you know, I I think I think what we're kind of discovering here is that the mental aspects of being productive are much more important than the methodology aspects of being productive. Yeah. You need them both, but I think first learn how you think. Mm -hmm. You got to understand the problem to solve it. Yep. Yeah. All right. So hope you guys enjoyed that. I really, really did. Uh, Drew, thank you very much for, for coming on and sharing that with us. Yeah, thanks um, for thank having you. me. Was always, great. always love having you here, man. You're fun to talk yeah. to. So, um, uh, thank you chat for being here. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we will be back next week with, um, oh gosh, I think is next week our panel. Uh, yes. Oh, we have a good panel. Colin Gilbert, Adrian Marin, and Eric Berry are coming on to panel doing Vim versus VS Code versus RubyMine. What's That's what's the be best IDE? One. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. So that that Can't should be all that. kinds of fun. Um, looking forward to the fist fights and the hair pulling. You know, it's going to be great. So, <laughs> um, so join us next Thursday at 3 p.m. for that one. Um, I actually don't have anybody booked for the week after that, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but we'll we'll figure something out. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll convince Drew to come back on and talk about planning or something. Um, there you go. But uh, you guys can join us on our uh, Discord server. I finally have one of those set up, so join us over there. Um, the link's up there. And also, let me throw the link in the chat here. I hope 
assuming everything is yeah there it is uh links in the chat uh if you want to come join us on discord we have a place for suggestions we we have a place for talking about streaming uh, i hang out in the live chat sometimes so you know come hang out with us um you can also listen to the audio podcast version of this anywhere that podcasts live you can come follow us on twitter at ducky dev show i'm on there quite a bit and you can pm me there if you have questions about stuff uh, you can join us uh, rubberduckdevshow.com. Sign up to our newsletter that basically is our weekly announcement that our show has been officially posted. But uh, maybe we'll get into more stuff there. But, you know, it has all our shows and stuff on it. Um, and you can watch us live every Tuesday at 3 and Thursday at 3 Eastern Time on YouTube or Twitch. Hey, buddy! Um whining, so... <laughs> This is how I get him to stop whining. I just pick him up. He hates being picked up, so he stops whining. <laughs> oh. Yeah. All right. So, hope you guys enjoyed that. We will see you next time. And until then, happy programming. Happy programming. Happy programming.